And what we want to talk about uh, today and for the next five Sundays is uh, what we believe is most important as a church family. It's what we want to be committed to. It's what we want to passionately pursue Christ about. And it's why we're calling this season in the life of our church family All In. All In. Uh, All In. It's about each of us and it's about all of us going full throttle for God. Uh, All in. It's about each of us. Each of us being committed to passionately pursue Christ. It's about each of us saying with the Apostle Paul, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. It's about each of us forgetting what is behind and pressing on towards what is ahead, toward the upward call of God in Christ. All of us. It's about each of us. It's all about doing it together as a church family, as a community, as heirs of Christ's coming kingdom. All in means in Christ we are brothers and sisters pursuing Christ. And it's because of what we believe about Jesus that I have any business compelling us to go all in. Jesus, the most important person in the universe... Jesus who reigns and no enemy can spoil his work, his church, or the Christian faith. You know, I don't get worked up about the latest books claiming to tell the never-before-told stuff about Christ, be those authors uh, Dan Brown or the new atheists Sam Harris, Christopher Hitchens, or Richard Dawkins. And you shouldn't either once you do your homework. The fact is this, church family... The strong may scheme, but they cannot crush Christ. Persecution may kill, but it cannot annihilate Christ. World religions may spread, but they cannot overwhelm Christ. Bad preaching may undermine, but cannot undo Christ. Lawmakers may legislate, but cannot reduce Christ. Riches may seduce, but cannot survive Christ. Empires may expand, but cannot extinguish Christ. There's no empire, no country, no sin, no spirit, no lie, no religion, no philosophy, no thought, no school, no law, no ruler, king, politician, no army, no bullet, no bomb, no initiative. No one and nothing can unravel Christianity. Every enemy of Christ shall fail, including death. You believe that? Because we serve a risen Savior who reigns over all, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Christ has secured the victory. He reigns in victory, and he will complete the victory. This is his world, and this is his church. And this church is composed of men and women and children who were once hostage in spiritual darkness, lost, blind, enslaved. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love for us, made us alive in Christ. In him, we've been rescued, redeemed, and adopted into his kingdom. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. In Christ, 
Our citizenship is in heaven. We're an embassy of heaven. We're God's workmanship, his poetry. And we have been created in Christ Jesus to walk in the good works that God has prepared for us. And so all in is our best, that is your staffs and your elders, best effort to discern the good works that God has prepared for us. And so for the next two years, we, we want to walk and concentrate our ministry and giving activity into three areas. So we call this all in, my faith, our church, the world. Now in uh, your chairs, about every other chair, there's a booklet uh, that's titled All In. And I'd like to, for you to uh, take a look at it now. And I'd like you to turn to page seven because that's just a one-page summary of my faith, our church, and the world. And I just want to walk us through uh, the pages of this booklet and kind of give a summary of each of these areas of concentration, beginning with my faith that is on page eight. My faith deals with what our congregation is about on a weekly basis to grow in Christ. My faith is about our church's weekly activities to deepen our trust in Jesus. My faith is about our Sunday worship experiences where we make much of Christ together. Are you aware that there are three goals every Sunday when God's people gather? The first is celebration. David said in Psalm 122 verse 1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. There's celebration and then there's inspiration. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So we need to be in community to stir one another up, to, to in a sense agitate one another toward love and good works. Celebration, inspiration, and then there's preparation. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12 tells us that it's the role of leadership to prepare God's people, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. And so my faith is about a children's ministry that partners with parents in producing godly young men and women It's about a student ministry where our students are defined by what Jesus says and not what the culture says. It's about small groups where God's word and God's people connect. And my faith is about the the classes and the conferences that we host to help us learn God's word and not just learn it, but live it. And my faith is about growing our heart for God. All in is about my faith. And it's also about our church. And this is about making space for life change on page 10. We have been uh, asking the question uh, for months and months now, how do our facilities help and or hinder our mission of pursuing Christ? And through some self-studies that took place last fall that you are aware of and uh, participated in uh, through the internet, through focus groups that gathered last February, we have 
come up with three facility priorities. And I want to just quickly walk you through those on page 15 of your booklets. You'll see an improvements to our campus section there. The first priority is a dedicated children's ministry space that's all on one level. That's in the, uh, the, the bottom right hand corner of page 15. A secure nursery, a large group gathering space, that's uh, uh, number six. The secure nursery is number eight. Number seven is uh, uh, breakout classrooms, uh, which uh, follow our large group gathering that our children participate in. And then the second priority is uh, better space, connection, and community uh, for our adults. What we'd like to do is open up the, what is currently the administration space and make space for community and connection, uh, not just on Sunday, but during the week. And we'd like to relocate the administration and office spaces upstairs in a part of what is now being used in our children's ministry. And then the third priority is about updating our student ministry space. We want to create more room for worship, and we want to create a student foyer and then have breakout classrooms uh, downstairs in that portion of what is now used by the, the um, uh, children's ministry. One of, our, uh, one of our breakout groups right now, uh, our middle school groups, uh, after they meet in large group gathering, they go into a sm- small group gathering room. Right now, they're currently meeting in the food pantry. And that may explain why we're out of food in that uh, particular portion. But um, just saying, the elders, um, the elders have set a financial target uh, for these improvements to our campus at $3.8 million. And the monies allocated for the Our Church portion will provide for the maintenance of existing facilities. And it will provide for a significant down payment for the new work. Uh, we'll seek financing uh, For the remainder, like we did for this facility, and we will aggressively pay that down just like we did for this facility. Our church, the Our Church portion of All In, is about providing an irresistible ministry environment so that everyone who comes here will be able to meet our irresistible God. All In, my faith, our church, and then the world. I don't know if you know this or not, but for decades, Windsor Road has been a tithing church. At least 10% of our offerings are given to our missionaries um, uh, to help, uh, uh, help out with mission trips, for church planting efforts, uh, for benevolence, for food pantry, um, the Habitat for Humanity project, uh, projects both local and global. And in the next two years, we want to amp up our efforts and resources for the world. We want to do this internationally, and we want to do this locally. And so in connection with Go Ministries, which is a ministry that we partner with already and have done so for over a decade with our Dominican Republic trips, uh, we want to help a pastor I seen plant a church in the village of Circa Carvajal. You'll see his family there on page 14, and there's his story. Um, uh, like us, he needs a facility, 
And so we not only want to show financial support in this all-in initiative, but we also want to send a team to help build that church. And if you're interested in any of our missions trips, I want to encourage you to show up to the luncheon that's going to take place on October the 20th uh, after our second service. Uh, Brian Rummery, our adult ministries pastor who oversees our missions uh, trips, will, uh, will, will help us talk through. And you can pray about uh, maybe one of these opportunities. Uh, it's an informational meeting, Coming to the meeting doesn't obligate you toward a missions trip, but it sure will help inform you in terms of what's happening for next year. On the local side, though, we want to help in the area of school readiness. Don't know if you know this or not, but Champaign County is the most educated county in Illinois. And a third of our kindergartners enter school unprepared. And so we want to come alongside uh, Unit 4, just like we've done in our previous weekends of services. And we want to be Unit 4's best friend. We want to provide school readiness kits. We want to help those who need support in tutoring and mentoring so that they can have academic success. And Lisa Sheltra, our community outreach director here at the church, is leading the charge for that. All in. My faith, our church, the world. Uh, it is about our congregation coming together and really dealing with this question. How much influence for Christ can a spirit-empowered congregation of a thousand have in their community and beyond? And should God, in his mercy, send us a portion of the 47,000 unchurched people in our community within five miles of this campus can we make space for life change? Is there room for families and children who've never been to church or maybe who have had a negative church experience? Can we be ready for them should God in his mercy send them to us? And who will help us make that happen? Well, that brings us to Psalm 127, our scripture for today. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn there. You'll find Psalm 127 on page 518 of your church Bibles. And if you don't have a copy of God's Word to call your own, I invite you to take that uh, copy of the Scriptures that's in the pouch in front of you. Put your name on it and take it home. And I want to read Psalm 127. It's on page 518. You'll also find it up on the screen. A Song of Ascents. Of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. This is God's word. Psalm 127. A song of ascents. What's that? It's an ascending song. 
It's, it's a going up psalm. Going up where? Well, going up to the temple in Jerusalem. You see, from any direction in Israel to get to Jerusalem, you have to go up. And so three times a year, according to Exodus chapter 23, God called his people to gather in mass in Jerusalem for worship in the temple. The Hebrew nation three times a year would mass together. That's a fascinating picture. All the military, all the civilians, all of God's people would gather together for worship. Which leads to this question. If all of Israel is in Jerusalem, who's guarding the borders of Israel? And thus the point of this psalm. God is. God says, you trust me. You trust me and I will take care of you. I'll take care of your borders. Unless the Lord builds the house. Unless the, in fact, God goes so far to say, you may watch the borders if you want, but if I don't watch the borders, it's in vain. You may go ahead and swing a hammer if you want, but if I'm not building, it's in vain. It's in vain. That means it's useless. It's pointless. And this psalm is meant to remind every worshiper that the planning and the praying and the working and the heavy lifting even in the most mundane building projects, even whatever the building is, building a home, building a family, building a business, building a farm, and building a church, any building that takes place occurs beneath the protective, watchful, sovereign eyes of Almighty God. And you can try to skirt that fact any way you want, you can artificially lengthen your day by rising before dawn and working until midnight, verse 2. You can even eat the bread of anxious toil, which is to say you can go on a worried labor binge. You can gorge yourself on, on uh, anxious work, but it's pointless if God is not building and God is not guarding. And then there's that phrase, for he gives to his beloved sleep. What's that about? That, that's the contrast between the kind of person who strives as if it's all up to him versus the man or woman of God who loves the gift of labor and who has learned that all labor comes to nothing without God. If God doesn't work, I might work and I might succeed at my work, but it won't mean anything. Someone once said, our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that really don't count. And then there's this section in verses three through five about children. So is Solomon all of a sudden just changing the subject? What's that about? No. No, it's the same theme. Solomon is saying that fruitful labor and a fruitful family both depend on God. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. 
Conception is one of the most obvious examples of how necessary God is. God's gift of children has more to do with human rest than human toil. Eugene Peterson, in his excellent book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, wrote these words. What do we do to get sons and daughters? Very little. The miracle of procreation and reproduction requires our participation, but you could hardly call it work. We did not make these marvelous creatures that walk and talk and grow among us. We participated in an act of love that was provided for us in the structure of God's creation. And these children, Solomon says, are like arrows meaning they are to be directed and blessed is the family with a quiver of them. And why? Why? Because when grown, they stand together. And that's verse 5. It's the picture of a father who has been brought to the city gates. Why? Well, the gates, that's a legal setting. That's where court took place in the ancient world. The the gates is synonymous with the county courthouse. So it's a legal setting. Accusers are contending with this father over some legal matter, but the father has in his advantage what his adversary does not. The father has a quiver of strapping sons and stunningly beautiful daughters who are quick to defend dad's honor and dad's character before those who would falsely accuse him. Psalm 127. Now, why this psalm to begin this series? Well, isn't it obvious? What we're about to do, listen, going all in requires all of us to rely on all that God is with all that we are. All that God is with all that we are. And and whatever we do must show that we rely on the Lord and are committed to bringing glory to his name. So going all in means living by faith in the Lord and for his glory. And that's our prayer. That's our prayer. God, it's only because of your skill and your construction and your protection that we're able to do and be the people that you want us to be. We recognize that human effort only goes so far. We need more than ourselves. We're paralyzed. And apart from you, we can do nothing. And so this psalm urges us to pray and live and serve in such a way that shows our total and absolute dependence on the power and sovereignty of God. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. God himself wants to build. He does. He's a builder. He wants to build this church. He wants to build this community. He wants to build your life. He wants to be the lead partner in this great construction venture of you. I like how C.S. Lewis put it. Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. 
At first, perhaps you understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right and he's stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew those jobs needed uh, doing and so you're not surprised. But, but then he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably. And doesn't seem to make any sense at all. What on earth is he up to? And the explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. He's throwing out a new wing here and putting on an extra floor there and running up towers and making courtyards. You thought that you were being made into a nice, decent, little, quaint cottage. (laughs) But God is building a palace because he intends to come and live in it himself. Unless the Lord builds the house. Unless the Lord builds watches over the city. All in is about taking a step of faith into the future that we feel God is calling us toward. And it's a future that includes the following. Being a church for broken people where where broken people can find Christ. Being a safe place for our hurts and habits and hang-ups. Have you read the front page of this morning's News Gazette Have you read Vanessa's story? Here's a quote. Uh, It's a story about uh, her journey through heroin uh, addiction and recovery. And I want you to listen to what she says uh, as a part of this article that was just came out in the front page of this morning's News Gazette. Vanessa writes, I go to celebrate recovery at Windsor Road Christian Church on Friday nights. It starts at 5.45. We have dinner and either a lesson or a testimony every week. We talk about recovery issues and we get support from other women in the group, she said, adding that the addiction could be greed, pride or sex, not just drugs. And then Vanessa says this, I really believe you need God. I don't think anyone can do it on your own. Isn't that the message of Psalm 127? And it's a message that's being replayed every Friday night at Celebrate Recovery. All In is about being a church where that message gets told and retold and retold. It's also a church uh, about proclaiming that Christ and Christ alone is why we can have a relationship with God. It's about serving our community and partnering uh, uh, with those who serve the under-resourced and helping at-risk children through mentoring and providing help. It's about training men who will truly be kingdom men. And it's about encouraging and affirming single moms who know that they are gems in Christ. It's about women who are mentored by other mature godly women who help them redefine words like beauty and loveliness and attractiveness. It's about expanding our international missions projects and reaching people for Christ. As this series unfolds, we're going to talk about different dimensions of all in. We're going to talk about going all in in terms of ministry. And I'm going to be challenging you with this question. Where is God calling you? Where is God calling you? And I'm not, I'm not saying that in order to get you to sign up for one of the ministries here at church. Although God may be calling you there. God may be calling you in terms of serving him somewhere outside of some of the formal ministries at, at Windsor Road. But the question remains, where is God calling you? 
And then we're going to talk about going all in in terms of our community, our church community. And we're going to deal with this question. What will Windsor Road look like 10 years from now because we chose to commit all that we are to all that God is? And yes, we're going to spend some time talking about all in in terms of generosity. And we're going to deal with this question. Where is my heart? And I can tell you exactly where your heart is. Jesus tells you right where your heart is. Your heart is wherever your treasure is. That's where your heart is. And we're going to deal with that question. And this leads me to next week's message. All in gospel. And we're going to be talking about what it looks like to surrender your entire life to Jesus Christ. Seeing Christ as your greatest treasure. Not having Christianity as some 70 minute a week activity, but Christianity as knowing God and tasting God and having a personal walk with God. And some of you have been coming and you've been coming and, and it's kind of like your fans in the stadium stands and it's time, it's time for you to surrender your life and make Jesus the unchallenged authority in your life. And I want to challenge you to do that if you've not done that. Some of you have done that. You, you've done that. And you need to take the step of baptism, a demonstration of your allegiance to Jesus Christ. And so next uh, Sunday night um, at the Y, uh, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., uh, we're going to have a baptism celebration event. I have no idea how many baptisms we're going to have. I don't know. I know that we're going to have that opportunity. And then we're going to have some pizza. And we're going to have some fellowship. And we're going to celebrate Christ. And we want you to be a part of that. Next Sunday night, 6.30 to 8.30. Well, we've walked through these booklets here. And I'd like for you to take these home with you and uh, uh, take a look at the information that's inside. And then um, I also want to refer to this commitment card that you see. I want you to take this home as well. Um, We're not going to be receiving these cards uh, today. That's going to come in November. Um, We've had a series of communication and prayer gatherings over the last six weeks And we have gradually rolled out the all-in initiative to the core of our congregation. And you know, the downside to having a gradual rollout is uh, unintentionally overlooking some uh, of our church family. And for that, I apologize. Um, On Tuesday night, we're going to have a a communication and prayer gathering that I'd like you to be aware of right here in the foyer from 6.30 to 8 o'clock. We'll have some cookies and some beverages and have some fellowship time. And um, our staff will be there. Scott Kunkel, one of our elders, uh, will be talking us through the campus improvements. And uh, that's going to take place this Tuesday night from 6.30 to 8 o'clock. And you're welcome to attend that if you'd like. We also have two luncheons scheduled in October uh, as well. Uh, and you're invited to that too. Or uh, if none of those work, uh, I'd be more than happy to meet with you one-on-one or uh, have one of our elders meet with you or Jason, our family life pastor, or Justin, our children's ministry uh, 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 pastor here at the church. 
we'd be happy to meet with you and show you our homework and ask you to pray. And I would like for you to do that. I'd like for you to pray, God, what do you want to do and what do you want to do through me? Now, in our meetings, as we've been planning and praying through this entire All In initiative, I heard something early on in our meeting that I just kind of, you know, kind of winced at. Um, In our meetings, I heard this phrase. Now, let's remember, Randy, it's not about the building. And when I first heard that, I thought, oh, for heaven's sake, it is too. (laughs) Come on. I mean, really. I mean, they're not stupid. Okay. I mean, come on. You know, there's a building there. What? And, and, you know, and then I went to 605 Louisiana, our Habitat House project. And uh, uh, throughout the project, um, um, you know, I was able to go a couple of times and swing my hammer and do a little nailing and, uh, and, and help put in a window. And, and, you know, you know, there's a house there. You know, we've prayed over that house. And we've written prayers right behind the drywall and underneath the carpet. And um, everybody can see it. And we've prayed over Ebony. Last Sunday, first service, she was here. And we prayed over her. And she was out there. She was out there working in her positive spirit, her children, her family. Not receiving a handout, but a hand up. Because she's assuming a mortgage in this and she's providing for her children. She's, she's getting dirty on her property and working to help them have a better life. And so you might ask the question, well, is it about a house? Well, yeah, there's a house there, all right. But what's going on inside that house? What's the environment going to be like? How will that house shape a home? And so, you know, are we talking about a children's facility? Yeah, we are, of course. But it's really what's going to happen, you know? Our kids... And maybe someday my grandkids. I never thought I'd say that. (laughs) And some of yours will be in that facility. Worshiping God, learning about Jesus, making new friends, having fun. And some of them will be called to shine like stars in a dark and corrupt world with a passion for pursuing Christ. Some of them will enter a vocational ministry. Some of them will enter ministry in the marketplace. Some of them will be a missionary. Some of them will be pastors. Some of them will be in education or realty at the university, maybe the president of a school board. Some of them will live to be 100, and some of them will die on the field serving Christ. These are our kids. And so, yes, yes, there's a, there's a facility. You can see the floor print out there in the foyer. Of course there is. But it's really about creating space for life change. It's about making room so that more people can taste God's goodness. Going all in means all of us relying on all that God is. That's what this is about. And I'm just wondering right now who you know who needs to taste the goodness of God because all in is for them. And you see this footprint of um, the facility here existing and future. And what I would like to invite you to do right now 
is to write the first name of whoever it is you're thinking about on the footprint, those that we're praying that God will send over the next 10 years.